Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Michaels, and thank you so much for giving me the gift of your time today. It really means the world to me. So, I've got an amazing interview coming your way in just a minute. But before we get to that, I just want to send a quick reminder to rate and review on iTunes if you have a short moment um, to offer some feedback about the podcast. It really means the world to me to read your beautiful comments and, and your support and love for the show. It's really awesome to see how it has blossomed over the last year and a half, and I couldn't be luckier to have such an amazing, dedicated fan base. So thank you guys for all being here. Um, and then I still have two spots left in my program, which is the Coach the Coach program, aka Awaken the Alchemist. And it is going to be a whirlwind of a journey. And if you're someone who has felt the call to become a mind-body coach, someone that holds space for someone else in a capacity that shares your journey with the world uh, in a vulnerable, open, powerful way, then I encourage you to just reach out to me and um, we'll hop on a call and see if it might be a good fit for you. And, um, yeah, I cannot wait to get started. I've already started with a couple people and, um, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be nine, um, self-study elements, nine group calls, um, plus a retreat at the end, which is going to be a five day luxury retreat in Sedona. And so I'm so excited to get started and deadline to, uh, join us is July 7th. So please let me know if this speaks to you. I cannot wait to meet you. I know there's two more of you out there that are just, they can't not hear the call. So if you're hearing the call, come on in, let's get started. And, uh, yeah. So on the show today, I have Phil Phil has traveled far and wide around the world and has had lots of amazing experiences. He's always been interested in psychology and what makes people tick. Work-wise, Phil has been many things, a programmer, a manager, a director of multiple businesses, a photographer, and is moving fast into the e-commerce world. However, the greatest experience of his life has been the one which has allowed him to recover from chronic pain and other symptoms, as this has helped him become much closer to being truly happy in life. And so Phil is a part of many of the online Facebook TMS communities, and he is someone who offers just so much wisdom and resources, and um, he like does these prompts where he will ask you really deep and thoughtful questions so that you can get thinking about, okay, how am I reacting to the situation right now? And, um, he's just full of wisdom. So I had to have him on. And so, yeah, we talk and chat about all that he's passionate about with regard to the mind body message. And so here is Phil. So I'm here today with Phil. 
Phil has been a top contributor and supporter within several of the TMS Facebook groups for the past, I don't know, year or so. He's always kind of contributing his insights and ahas that he's experienced throughout his own journey and responding with this deeply helpful and and detailed guidance, tips, and tools. And so I'm just really honored to have Phil here with me today to share some of his wisdom with all of you. So welcome, Phil. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And um, it's fantastic to get a chance to speak because obviously it's a little different uh, talking compared with just kind of chatting online. Yes, absolutely. So I'd love to start by just hearing your story. Like, how did you come to the Mind Body Message? What, what brought you here? Yeah, so um, so I have a story of probably two halves, really. Um, about 15 years ago, I started suffering from uh, RSI, which is, you know, arm pains when using the computer and neck pains. And um, it started to affect temperature and things. So I'd feel heat as pain, which was not very nice. Um, I saw a physio who uh, was saying, oh, you know, well, in a couple of years, we'll hopefully get you, you sorted out. Um, at the same time, I wasn't very happy with my life. And I started to um, uh, seek, uh, seek some counseling. And um, I spent some time with the counselor and, and she said, oh, well, maybe your pains will go at the same time. Being really honest, I didn't believe a word of it. Um, you know, I was very scientific in my approach to the mind and the body and the separation between the two. Um, as it happened over that period, she was absolutely right. Uh, mm. You know, my pain did go, but I didn't connect the two things because I was doing physio at the same time. I thought it was a physio. Um, fast forward um, 10 years and um, I had a ski boot which was too tight um, and it cut off the circulation to my foot. Um, I lost some feeling um, because of my previous uh, RSI issue, which I um, thought was related to nerves. I was very sensitive to anything to do with nerves. And um, my fear just leapt up. Um, I was concerned for my job. I was concerned for my health. I was concerned for this, that and the other. And I was literally uh, bed bound for, for quite some period. Um, Fortunately, one of my friends had come across uh, TMS and he gently introduced me to the idea. <laughs> um, I think I was fairly resistant at first, sure. um, as I think, you know, most people are. Um, but he suggested going and seeing a, a TMS therapist. And I said, you know, realistically, what have I got to lose? Um, so I took a bit of a leap of faith. And I think, you know, that's something that I think is really important. Um as I started to do the work, experience the feelings again, which I'd been uh, bottling up um, because my mum had passed away a year and a half ago and I just, I didn't deal with the, uh, the, the grieving period at all. Um, as I started to kind of, you know, deal with all of that, um, my pains reduced. Um, to say they got worse at first um, until all of this stuff started to, to really kind of kick in and I was suffering from all sorts of crazy things, uh, skin sensitivities. Um, I remember waking up one day with a panel of pain across my back. Um, but the great thing was that night, um, I'd been to see my therapist for the second time and she said um, some a few things that were kind of starting to resonate with me. And 
my body wouldn't let me go to sleep. Every time I tried to go to sleep, it wouldn't let me go to sleep. And then I thought, I'm confident that this won't happen again. And I fell asleep and mm. I've never had that pain back since. Oh, wow. um, and, and this was the probably the real key defining moment for me where I realized that, you know, my thoughts, what I was thinking to myself could have such a profound impact on my body. Mm-hmm. Since then, I think I've, I've probably had a few ups and downs um, as I've learned more and more to understand the elements of my life which are contributing to the, um, the lack of uh, confidence that I have or, or certainly had. And, and as that's reduced, I would say, you know, all of my symptoms have pretty much gone. I don't have anything anymore. Wow. Wow. So, so that moment where you had this just deep confidence that you were going to wake up and never experience that again, what do you think shifted in your mind that night? Like, did you, did you just decide and then it was so, or how did that look? It's very difficult to describe. And I've actually thought back on that moment quite a number of times to see if I could really work it out. But I think it, it was, I mentioned the, the phrase leap of faith, yes. and uh, it was very much, again, a leap of faith. Um, it was rather than allowing my mind to um, uh, grab hold of my fears and anxieties about that pain and then take it off in a different direction, I said, no, I'm not going to experience this pain again. Mm. Um and it, it was this leap of faith. Um, yeah. I think before that, for a few weeks, I'd maybe noticed a slight reduction in my pains. And, and maybe that gave me um, the ability to have the leap of faith. But yeah, it was, um, it was just a real strong statement from myself. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to experience this again. That's, that's that done. Yeah. And, and it just went. Wow. So you mentioned the word confidence and like a lack of confidence in the face of symptoms. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I think for me, confidence has been the uh, defining word. Um, There's a... um, uh, the, the, there's a, a pair of physios who talk a lot about uh, safety and danger. Mm. Uh, and um, when our bodies find danger, uh, they're more likely to um, uh, promote pain as a warning signal. Um, because that's really fundamentally what pain is, whether it's, you know, I think whether it's acute pain or, or, or chronic pain, it's still a warning that you need to look, for, uh, look at something. Um, that's, you know, my kind of uh, understanding of it. Um, so confidence is very, very strongly attached to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are confident that you can walk down the street and be okay, regardless of the outcome, yes. that's safety. Yes. So, um, so if you, if you're struggling with pain in your foot as, as I was those years ago, I would walk down the street and every half second I'd be thinking, has my pain gone up? Has my pain gone down? Has my pain gone up? Has my pain gone down? Now that is not a safe position. I'm literally telling my mind with my thoughts that I am not certain that this is okay. This might be a problem for me. 
Um, so yeah, it's co- confidence for me is is really important. The the confident position to take when walking down the street in that circumstance is to say, well, you know, I might make my pain worse by walking down the street, but you know what, I'll be okay. Yep. Yeah. That's so important because I think so many people just get that second fear on top of the initial fear of having pain, period. And so to have that confidence in the face of pain is really key. And I love that you honed in on that. Now, one other thing that um, I've noticed you talk about in the forums is the idea of avoidance behavior. And can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I I think this has been a more recent thing for me. Um, um, I've been trying to put as much as I can together. I'm, as I said before, I have a scientific brain in in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm very interested in trying to understand uh, an entire process. And um, and I think avoidance for me has been a a really interesting uh, element of my journey. Um, I didn't recognise the connection between avoidance and anxiety, anxiety and fear, fear and danger, and then danger and pain. Because I think that's the cycle. Mm. That's the or not the cycle, but the process. Yes. So um, when we're avoiding something, um, it builds our anxiety, it builds our fear, it reduces our safety, and it leads to pain um, or other symptoms. If you you have other symptoms, um, it's. Uh, Avoidance to me um, is the is one of the ways that we very regularly tell ourselves that that this action isn't safe, and that's the same with um, uh, feeling our emotions. Mm-hmm. So if we don't want to feel our emotions or a particular type of emotion, which is something that happens very regularly when it's uh, not particularly desired as a child, or um, then if we avoid those, that's literally telling our minds that we don't want that. That is scary. That is not safe. And that, you know, fear leads more and more to danger and uh, and therefore to pain. So um, I think, you know, I mean, there's a, a very, very popular and well-known book called, you know, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Um, I actually haven't read it. I'm just aware of it. Um, <laughs> but But certainly I would say that, you know, it's fantastic to be in a position to be able to say, do you know what? Um, if something goes a little bit wrong here or, or something doesn't go quite right, um, everything will still be okay. Um, and to recognize that in every circumstance that you can pretty much think of, you'll be okay. Um, and I'm a real kind of fan of, um, bringing these things into consciousness. So, uh, for example, uh, whether it's writing it down or literally having the thought process in your mind, um, look at the best outcome from a circumstance, um, look at the worst outcome and, you know, really freak out on paper is a phrase I've heard someone else use, you know, really go to town on, you know, the worst that could happen. Um, and then also have a look at the most likely as well. Mm. Um, but after all of those recognize that in each circumstance, you'll be okay. Um, you know, none of these are really going to lead to any, uh, life-threatening situations because the the things that we'll often have anxiety about um, they'll own, they'll be very small things um, mm-hmm. like oh I don't really want to send that email in case I upset that person and and when you do that again and again and again um, our brain catches on to the fact that that's obviously a really serious thing and and it seems to build it to the point almost of it being 
something that we're mortally afraid of. Right. And, and obviously that doesn't really, that isn't the case. It doesn't make sense. Um, so calming those anxieties down helps the mind to have a level of um, safety again in life um, and start to experience some joy as well. Right. So what were some of the things that you had been avoiding in your own life that you kind of have noticed coming to the surface over the last few years? Yeah, so um, so one of the things that happened for me was actually um, I uh, I got some spots, uh, I think, you know, the uh, doctors will call it folliculitis, um, and um, it stopped me, um, well, I say it stopped me, <laughs> that's... <laughs> It didn't stop me doing anything at all. That's, that's how we talk, isn't it? It's how we talk. Yes. Um, I chose <laughs> to stop um, uh, shaving my hair so often and so um, uh, so close. And um, as I built up more and more uh, avoidance of that and more and more fear about it, and I'd been told, you know, to be careful of this and be careful of that and be careful of the other. And then I was researching on the internet and mm. that made things worse. And I just built this massive thing out of what is really a very small issue. Um, so yeah, I noticed, you know, more recently, you know, that I'd been avoiding this for, for quite some time. And I said, you know, I woke up one morning and in, in a similar way as the, you know, the, the previous uh, conversation, I just said to myself, um, I'll be okay regardless of what happens. And I started shaving my head every day and the spots have pretty much gone. Wow. Uh, and I think, you know, it's the same, it's exactly the same with, you know, pains and, and I have times where I've avoided things um, uh, uh, with those as well. You know, I, I've had random pains in my legs when, just when I drive, for example. And then I'm thinking, oh, should I drive because mm. I don't want the pain? And then maybe I'm doing myself some damage and, and all of those kinds of things. And in reality, getting back in the car and saying to myself, I'm okay regardless of what happens, you know. And, and actually the worst that can happen is virtually nothing. Right. Helps you build confidence again. Absolutely. Now, what was your path in learning this stuff? Did you just read books or who, who were your teachers along the way? Um, yeah, so I've half read quite a lot of books. <laughs> I'm a really good starter and a really bad finisher. Um, I, uh, I digest information better by, um, unfortunately, learning by experience. Yes. Um, and also, um, I like little snippets, um, but I did spend um, quite some time with uh, uh, Georgie um, in the UK, mm -hmm. um, and she's been absolutely fantastic. Um, the SERPA program has been fantastic for me. Yes. Um, helped me start to understand the connections between my thoughts and my feelings at a deeper level. Um, outside of that, I found the um, the forums uh the Facebook forums to be absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, just in starting to see, sometimes it can be easier to see what's happening to other people than it is to see what's happening to yourself and then to be able to relate it to what's happening in your life. Mm. Um, I think we find it very difficult to see ourselves from a thousand feet. Yes, I agree very much so. So what were some of the um, techniques that you have found to be the most useful for you on your journey? Yeah, so um, I've mentioned the anxiety one, which is, you know, looking at the, uh, the worst, most likely and best outcome. And that's been fantastic. I can do that at any moment. Mm -hmm. um, 
I also have a, you know, have uh, more recently uh, come to recognize that um, I can just tell myself I'm safe right now. And the right now is really important because um, the past can no longer hurt us anymore. And I know that seems counterintuitive somehow um, when we've had, you know, uh, bad things happen to us, but they are in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, We obviously have feelings towards them and we ruminate about them and things, but they're still in the past. Um, They can no longer directly hurt us at this moment. Um, And the same thing with the future. You know, we spend a lot of time uh, making up imagined futures. Um, And those of us who have a generally negative mindset which probably comes from our childhood, um, we will tend to ruminate on everything we can think about which might go wrong about a situation. Um, So I remind myself a lot that um, I'm safe right now. And that's all that matters. You know, I'm breathing. I have enough food. I have enough water. I have a a roof over my head. um, I have friends and, and family I'm safe right now. Um, So I remind myself of that enormously. Um, I'd say the other things I found really good over time have been uh, some of the writing tools. Um, Mm. Obviously, people talk a lot about uh, journaling. And I think I struggled a lot with journaling first time. Um, I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. And I think it's a fairly common thing. Um, and it becomes almost like a dear diary. It's like, dear diary, today I went to the shops and I um, felt happy about going to the shops because obviously you're supposed to be looking at your feelings. Um, <laughs> and and um, I think it's uh, several places I've uh, looked at have all said basically the same thing with journaling, which is that it should be more about uh, free writing from the heart. Mm. And... Um, the thinking gets in the way. And for me, I've developed uh, something where I, I, for me, works very well, which is I just don't stop. So I'll have this um, sometimes quite random um, uh, constant writing, you know, that just comes out. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't matter if it's... Um, spelt right or wrong you know or or the grammar's right or whatever it is um it's just a constant writing about a subject um and you as soon as you stop and think that's when your uh conscious mind obviously gets re-engaged in the process but if we don't stop it comes a lot more from the subconscious Mm. or starts to come a lot more from the subconscious and and i found that to be really really good to get in touch with um how my subconscious is really thinking about something. So I will kind of introduce myself to a subject. You know, I was very unhappy with something that happened today, for example. Um, How might I feel about that? Um, And then I'll try and allow my subconscious to take over and just not stop. Um, And what will tend to happen over, you know, a page or two, I'll find the writing become almost more kind of frantic and faster and, and uh, I find that's a really good technique for actually getting through to the emotions mm. um, because emotions aren't about thinking. You know, they are about feeling. It's things that are stuck in your uh, subconscious that you need to release and, and feel good about releasing. Yeah. Um, 
So that's been a, a really, really good tool. Um, I also use a, another tool called, uh, which I think in the therapy world is called two chair techniques. Some people call it unwritten letters. Um, and it helps you access uh, feelings that you might have towards people, although you can even do the same thing with objects or previous versions of yourself, or you can write to previous versions of yourself or even future versions of yourself. And um, uh, you take both parts. You never show this to anyone else, as, as with all of your journaling. Mm -hmm. And um, you might say, oh, you know, I feel upset about how you dealt with the situation today. And, the, and then you switch to the other person. You say, well, I'm really sorry you feel like that, but it was the best I could do. Mm. And then the less confident, more people-pleasing part of you might want to say, oh, that's okay. Well, you know, I'm sorry you, you know, you were having a bad day. But what you really want to say is, I don't care that you were having a bad day. I want to discuss this properly. Mm. Um, so getting, allowing yourself to uh, express those kinds of thoughts, which go past the, you know, the people-pleasing uh, tendencies, um, and then going backwards and forwards and not letting go until you feel that you've had your say can be incredibly helpful. Um, and at the end, putting it all back in a, a nice kind of sensible box and saying, well, okay, I appreciate, you know, you were struggling and I was struggling as well. Thank you for listening to me. I feel heard now. Um, that can be a really, really powerful process. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Um, so when you are done with every journaling session, do you kind of, what do you just calm yourself down by doing the rationalization or what do you do? Most definitely. I think the, the rationalization at the, at the end is, is possibly the most important part. Um, yeah. We're trying to retrain our brains um, to, over time to be a little bit more rational about situations. So we might have something we need to release, um, you know, and that would be similar to, you know, pulling a plug in a bath, you know, we release something. Mm -hmm. um, but tomorrow, if a similar situation happens, we're just filling the bath up again, and we have to release again, and then we're filling the bath again. Um, every time we a little bit more rational at the end, we maybe we'll deal with situations a little bit different next time, and you're not filling the bath up. And therefore, you're not needing to release your emotions quite so often. Um, so for me, the rationalization at the end is uh, is incredibly important, as important as doing the journaling. Yeah. So how do you see your relationship to, like, if, if a new symptom were to arise, what mm. is your relationship like with any new symptoms or old symptoms that come back? Um, and how does that compare to your relationship with them, say, a few years ago? Well, that did actually happen uh, just a few days ago, funnily oh. enough. Um, I, um, uh, so I had a, a, a kind of a strange feeling in my thumb. Um, and, and, and initially I was thinking, oh, I wonder what that is. You know, have I strained it a little bit or, or something? And I'll go through those kind of thought processes. Um, but what's most important is that, you know, I recognize that whatever it is, it, my body will either heal itself because it's exceptionally good at that mm -hmm. exceptionally good um there's nearly nothing that the body can't heal you know it's amazingly good at healing itself um so it'll either heal itself um or if it turns out to be something that's maybe coming from uh some feelings which i'm not dealing with um 
I recognize that it's being like a best friend mm. and it's highlighting using a strange vocabulary maybe, but <laughs> it's still highlighting that there's something I'm not quite dealing with. And um, and I think that was the case. Uh, you know, there were there was a, a situation I was aware of um, coming down the line in uh, two or three days' time, and it was kind of playing on my mind a little bit. And um, so I did some journaling. Um, I, when I'm doing uh, journaling these days, you know, I'll I'll often recognise that the um, the things that are likely to cause me angst aren't going to be things from twenty or thirty years ago. I've really dealt with those uh they're also not likely to be things that um are 20 likely to be 20 or 30 years in the future because i do keep my mind a lot closer to the present time but um they're likely to be things that happened a few days ago happening right now or are going to happen in a few days time and i will look at that pool of things um and see which ones maybe had uh triggered some feelings that i was just not dealing with um and that was the case i think um and my thumbs pretty much back to normal oh good <laughs> so yeah. do you think that a lot of people get stuck on the past i think the um well certainly when i came uh, started to work in uh, look in the tms community you know everyone was talking about you know feel your feelings from the past and and those kinds of things and i and i do think that people get very stuck doing that um I think, you know, once you've written about something, uh, especially if it's using a, a very deep free writing technique or two chair technique or something like that, once you've written about it two, three, maybe four times, um, I think most things you can get over at that point. Um, people do get a little stuck at that point because they think, well, hang on a second, I have written about everything in my life, but I still have pains, what's going on? Um, and the reality is that, you know, the personality traits that might have caused some of the things in the past which caused you anger are still with you today mm. um I, I mentioned people pleasing and you know let's say 20 years ago I had a uh, a boss that was you know a real bully and I hated him and 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 I didn't deal with that I just swallowed it all down and 20 years later, I'm experiencing pain. I might go and write about that, release all of the anger, and that's fantastic. But if I have someone in my life, whether it's a boss or someone else who is also a bully, and I'm still dealing with that in the same way as I would have done 20 years ago by trying to please them, um, that's not helping me because um, by pleasing them, I'm putting myself second yes. and I'm leading myself to a more dangerous position in life and uh, danger leads to pain. Um, so um, I think it's really important to uh, recognize that this is a cycle that's going on and on and, um, and that we do need to, at some point, take a little bit of a leap of faith again and say, I'm confident I can deal with this situation in a new way. If someone's um, bullying me today, as they did do 20 years ago, um, I'll deal with the situation differently now and uh, I'll approach it from very much an adult perspective. Um, you know, bullying, you know, tends to be a case of someone trying to uh, present themselves as a more parental figure um, and, and you as, you know, subordinate to them. Mm. And, um, and if you change that dynamic and say, I won't allow myself to be um, put in that position, um, mm. then, then maybe your pain will subside yeah 
Yeah, I love that you said that. And I wonder if if you've had the experience of of kind of noticing your own um I don't know, people pleasing or perfectionist tendencies and have you been able to shift those or do you still have some of those aspects active within you today and you're just more aware or have what have you noticed with that? So they are the, I think, the most difficult uh, personality traits to um, uh, to lose. At least they have been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I find they're my go-tos, um, and and I need to keep them in check to some extent. Well, need is the wrong word. Want to keep them yes, in check. Yes. Um, need breeds more fear. In for actually, it's how yes. we speak. <laughs> um, um, so I, I choose to to keep them in check. Um, people pleasing. Um, I I've worn many masks, as I'm sure other people have in their lives. You know, slight changes to please certain groups of people um i just reject all of that you know uh today and i am how i am and who i am mm. um that makes me feel good and makes me feel confident um yeah so the, these things you know they they have taken some time to calm down i think i'm at the stage now where um i haven't managed to recover completely from them but i'm very aware of them Mm. fairly quickly when i'm using them yeah um so you know usually within a day or two of moving into that sphere i'll recognize the fact that i've moved into that sphere and i'll say okay i'm now in a people-pleasing situation again is that um how i actually want to act in that situation is it relevant is it um, it might be, you know, I mean, if someone's going through a very difficult time, then, you know, helping them out is great. But um, I think we can go too far with it and become a rescuer. And and then we're putting ourselves second and, yes. and those kinds of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I, they've been difficult to get to recover from. I nearly mm. used the phrase get rid of, which I don't want I to I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> good things in my life. I don't try and get rid of anything. Right. I just try and improve. Yes, that's such a great point because it's just it's just the human experience, right? And when we try to get rid of any one aspect, we're denying a, a genuine part of the human experience. So, so in that vein, um, let's say you have a day where you're very aware of of fear and anxiety being present within your mind body system. How do you mm. how do you approach that? Yeah, so if I have a particular, you know, day or uh, or even up to a week or something where I'm uh, struggling a little bit more, um, I would most definitely slow down and stop. Mm. Um, I have a tendency to put a lot of pressure on myself, and that's a consistent thing. Now, I think there's times in my life where I, I can do that more, um, but there's also times where I'll find it more difficult. So I'll uh, lose the things in my life that don't need to be there right now. Um, and say, okay, you know, I'm okay with leaving those for a few days. I'm going to deal with myself and, you know, and my emotions for a a few days. Um, I will increase the amount of journaling, free writing, um, two chair technique I'm doing. Um, I'm very keen on uh, meditation as well at those times, especially ones that bring me back to now because, you know, anxiety really isn't um, based on any level of factuality. Mm. Um, if 
I am about to fall off a cliff, I have fear. Uh, that's something that's real right now. Mm -hmm. um, anxiety is, you know, is so different to that in my mind. Um, it's an imagined future. It's something that I'm looking at and thinking, well, that's going to happen and this is going to happen and then that's going to happen and that's going to happen. So I spend a lot of time bringing myself back to uh, the current moment, reminding myself that I am safe right now. Um, and then I'll do more of the exercises, you know, the worst outcome, the most likely outcome, the best outcome, um, and just look through the elements in my life which might be causing that. I don't think it's immediately obvious all of the time what is actually causing it. Um, so I have a fix everything approach. Um, <laughs> so I just look at everything that's happening in my life at the time and go, could be that, could be that, could be that, could be that. Um, and then hopefully, you know, one of those things will, um, I recognize at the time that I was feeling, uh, negative towards them and, um, fingers crossed, I'll manage to calm it over a, a day or two. Yeah. Beautiful. So when you are kind of observing, um, others kind of going through their journey, let's say in the Facebook forums, what do you yeah. see as one of the most common things that gets people stuck? So we talked about the looking at the past yep. already a lot. Uh, I think that's the most common thing that everyone does when they first start to hear about the TMS uh, journey. Mm -hmm. um, the second very difficult thing, I think, for people to understand is how they can uh, their thoughts and feelings can be impacting them um, their pain levels right now. And, and I had a great example of this actually, uh, which has just come to mind. Um, I, um, I was doing some, uh, uh, work on computer and, um, I sometimes get some neck pain when I'm dealing with this particular type of work. Um, and I was out, um, and I was at a restaurant and I was just thinking, Oh, you know, I might do some of that work tomorrow. And I went back to my car um, and we're talking probably five minutes between the, the two events. I went back to my car and suddenly this neck pain turned up and I thought, that can't make any sense because I'm not doing the work at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it, so there's no way, therefore, that this is physical. And what I realized was um, looking back this five minutes, I thought, what's been happening in, this, in my mind in the last five minutes? And I recognized that all I'd been thinking was I might do some of the work tomorrow. And that was enough to bring the pain on. Wow. Um, and, you know, our thoughts and, and feelings, you know, they so directly contribute um, to, uh, you know, the pain levels that we, we experiencing at any moment. And especially when things have turned into beliefs, um, you know, a belief I always um, think is a, uh, it's something that's become subconscious. So, you know, your, your mind doesn't even need to think about it. It's a connection between, you know, two events. And um, uh, it, it doesn't even need a thought process at that point um, to, you know, to trigger some, uh, some pain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the beliefs that you've kind of adopted over the last few years and and what did you have to overcome in your belief systems that you had before i think so my i definitely had um a lot of beliefs about and this is something that everyone will uh struggle with and everyone does or virtually everyone struggles with um is this pain 
physical. Mm. And because obviously we have a medical profession that um, certainly in the West deals with the body from a very physical perspective and, um, and we suffer from this belief that uh, the doctor must be right. right. Um, that's a very difficult belief to shift. It's a very, very difficult belief to shift. Um, if a doctor or a physio or someone says, oh, you know, well, you've got such and such in your back, you know, um, bulging discs or whatever it is, um, you know, that must be the cause of the pain. But they don't say the the word that must be the cause of the pain um, because they don't really know. Right. Um, but they've come to believe that that is the case and certainly they've been taught that that's the reality and um so it can be very difficult to shift those beliefs i would say they're the things that people suffer from i think longest yeah um, yeah really. yeah so so are there any beliefs that um you had to really kind of step over in your own mind did you believe that you're foot was like truly injured from the ski boot or or what did you have to kind of unwind most definitely in my mind uh at the time you know all pain was purely physical mm. and um and that belief was so strong within me um it took months and months of of work um for me and also some research as well you know i i fortunately moved from researching um what might be wrong with my foot uh <laughs> to what might be wrong with the way i was thinking about my yeah. foot and my pain um so slowly uh i brought the belief i guess back into consciousness and i analyzed whether i felt that the belief was warranted um and i eventually recognized that that wasn't warranted um the evidence didn't seem to uh fit the circumstance anymore yeah. and i remember sitting with my doctor who was very good actually um one time and i said uh, in a really exciting voice um i said oh you know um i've managed to talk the pain from one foot to another oh. <laughs> and, um, and he said oh that's fantastic maybe you'll be able to talk it away sometime and i was like <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, he yeah. sounds like a pretty good doctor. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was very keen on, you know, um my full recovery and I think he recognized, you know, a lot about the mind-body connection. And um and slowly I chipped away at uh that belief um that there was something wrong with my foot. And I think the thing that people struggle with most and or certainly I struggled with and I've heard other people say, um is if I use it, I will damage it more. Mm. That's mm -hmm. a really difficult um, process and belief, if you want to think of it in that way, to undo. Because um, if that's your mindset, um, you really, really are scared of using the limb or whatever it is that, that happens to be wrong. Um, so, and I struggled with that as well. You know, people would tell me at the time, you know, well, you've just got to get back to using it. And I was like, well, what if I make it worse? Well, you won't make it worse. It's like, how do you know? Right. And, and my mind's very, very good at coming up with uh, <laughs> risk avoidance strategies. Yes, you know, it's yes. amazingly effective at doing that. Um, so, um, so I would challenge the, their thought processes and things and, 
um, and I'd end up thinking, oh, well, maybe, you know, it is too risky. And, um, yeah, these were things that, that I struggled with very much early on. Yeah. Um, fortunately, you know, today I have such a different belief in uh, what pain even is. Um, and I just, I don't allow it to gain hold of me in that way. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. So if you were to offer one bit of advice to someone who's really struggling today with their symptoms, what Mm. would you say to them? A very good question. I mean, I, I certainly benefited massively from seeing a pain therapist. Mm. That's something I would suggest is a good thing, especially if you are struggling with understanding how this is even working. Um, It can be great to, you know, have someone um, work with you on an ongoing basis. Um, I think that's a a real benefit. Um, Outside of that, um, I still believe that the route back from pain is confidence. Mm. Um, and, um, And I think it's great to take some small and safe leaps of faith um so allow yourself to take a little leap of faith recognize that you're okay allow yourself to take another leap of faith recognize that you're okay um and that might not mean that your pain is hasn't changed compared with previous but you're still okay um and and it helps to start to break the cycle of um just fear, constant fear of pain. Um, and I understand, you know, how difficult that is, you know, having been through it myself. Right. Um, I certainly wouldn't suggest that it's an, uh, it's an easy thing to do and you can just snap your fingers and fix it. Mm. Um, the other thing that people can do, I would say, if they're struggling physically, if they're not feeling confident enough to do that, I think is just spend a lot of time journaling through all of their feelings. Um, I, you know, I think most of us do have some feelings from our past that we haven't released. And by releasing those, um, it will help to clear our central nervous system and we'll feel more confident in life because of it. Um, that's a, uh, a, a great thing to be doing. But it's really important to be doing journaling in the right way because, um, as I say, if it's just a dear diary kind of thing, then... Um, it doesn't get to the root cause. Right, right. Well, Phil, I just want to thank you so, so much for just taking some time out today and sharing your wisdom on the show. Any You're last, yeah, any last words? Um, I hope that everyone carries on with the journey. The The reality for me and, and I think for many others is that um, this has been the journey of our lives and um I now look upon my uh, pain episodes as the best things to have happened in my life because mm. they've led me to uh, uh, um, be the best and the most that I can be, um, you know, through confidence and uh, avoiding, you know, anxiety and anxiousness. And um, that, that's really helped me in my life. Um, so, yeah, I would I would hope that everyone just sticks with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's so perfect. Well, Phil, I thank you a thousand times over and I hope to have you on again someday. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Take care. (laughs) Take care. Bye. Bye.